Jets fans, Winnipeg now has a, uh, a nice win streak going, and they're hoping to continue it against the Tampa Bay Lightning. This will not be an easy game, and I'm sure the Jets are going to have their work cut out for them against one of the better teams in the Atlantic Division. We'll talk about what the Jets should look out for, and also talk about some fun highlights from Rucker McGordy and Chaz Lucius in the uh, World Junior Semifinals that Team USA lost. All coming right up in tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, going to be walking through Winnipeg's upcoming game against the Tampa Bay Lightning and also talking about some thoughts on Winnipeg's prospects uh, from the U.S. side, uh, as this is actually. Um, the only time that I've really watched the World Juniors, well, you know, I, I wasn't really following the tournament too closely, uh, a lot of stuff going on personally, so didn't have time to follow up too much, but I did get to check out the semifinals between Canada and U.S. Uh, congrats to you Canadian fans. I'm sure a lot of you are pretty thrilled. Um, it must be nice to watch Connor Bedard on your team. Pretty crazy, right? Wouldn't we love to have Bedard or someone of his caliber in uh, the Jets record books? But you know, instead we got an amazing goalie. So I think that's a pretty okay trade when you think about it. But of course the Jets have uh, their work cut out for them against the Lightning. And later, you know, we'll talk about on a future episode, uh, their game against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, and speaking of which, I did want to let you know that this week, uh, we're not actually going to have any game recaps just because I'm going to be out of town. Um, and, and because of the, 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 the Jets schedule and our recording schedule, we won't have those thoughts until probably sometime early next week. So I'll, I'll try and get through the games and watch them and give you some summaries on the Lightning and Canucks game. But, you know, for now, we're going to just deal, deal with some uh, stuff off the ice and some preview content. So stay tuned for that. Uh, starting first, we're going to take a look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have had maybe a, a somewhat underwhelming season by their standards. They're still like third in the Atlantic Division. Uh, they're still doing pretty darn well. But I think by Tampa Bay's expectations, it's been a modest start. This is a, a really strong team with a lot of veteran experience. But comparatively speaking, you know, they're, they're maybe not having um, the, the strongest run of form on the road that they're used to while their home form continues to be pretty dominant. Right now, they're just a few points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs with a game in hand. So, you know, they're, they're sitting pretty in third in the Atlantic. No one's really touching them. But I think the challenge for these teams is, you know, say Buffalo somehow goes on a massive win streak and Tampa Bay were to falter. This is extremely unlikely, but if you're not in the top three of the Atlantic, 
it's going to be really hard for you to get into a, a wild card spot because uh, Washington, the Islanders, Rangers, and Pens are all kind of hovering around the like 45 or 44 point mark, which, you know, Buffalo's got 40, right? So if somehow Tampa Bay were to slip further and Buffalo takes that third seed, it's going to be tough for any of the other Atlantic teams to sneak in. This year, though, you know, Tampa's still rocking one of the better offenses in the, in the NHL. Not the top scoring necessarily, but still pretty good on par with New Jersey. Um, the, the Maple Leafs, Boston, not far off. They are conceding a few more than they'd probably like, but, you know, it is what it is. This team still has a really positive goal differential, still doing a lot of really good things. You know, their their scoring leaders are guys like Kucherov, Stamkos, Point. Uh, surprisingly, Brandon Hagel, who I, I didn't realize was having such a good season. He's got like 30 points already. Uh, Sergeyev, Kilorn. So very familiar names. Um, Hedman's up there with the scoring rates, but not exactly having uh, the strongest on ice season so far. His shot differentials and stuff like that are, are not quite what you would expect with him. But on the whole, I, I think the biggest takeaway take from Tampa Bay is that this is still a really dangerous team. And, you know, Andre Vasilevsky, he's, you know, having a pretty solid season. He's got a 921 save percentage. Uh, that's pretty darn good. I don't know what his goal saved above expectation is this year, but usually he's somewhere in the top 15 to top 10. So even in like a down season, he's still a, a pretty beastly goalie. And that means the Jets, they're going to have a tougher time with him. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I will say that Winnipeg's probably thrilled with the prospect of potentially getting back some skaters. I, I don't think we're going to see more than Nate Schmidt returning to the lineup. Um, I think Nate's probably the most likely guy to be cleared for takeoff, so to speak. Uh, I, I think the other two in Perfetti and Ehlers probably won't come back until the weekend. Um, by the same token, though, you know, maybe if they're feeling good enough, if they're uh, pumped up for for the game. Maybe after these past couple of practices, you know, Bones will feel comfortable enough to clear them for a game. I, I think from my perspective, I'm a little cautious with that. I just don't want to rush them, right? Ehlers hasn't played in months, um, and, and Perfetti is one of our few really, really high-end prospects who's already making a, a really big NHL impact, so making sure that you protect him and don't rush him back is always important, but by the same token, the Jets could really use their firepower, so if they're good enough to go, you know, it might be worth chancing. This Tampa Bay team has a lot of scoring depth and a lot of elite ability on the power play. And I think the Jets could definitely use some top six scoring punch of their own if, in fact, either Ehlers or Perfetti are ready for a return. If Schmidt comes back, obviously, uh, that means somebody has to get bounced. I would like it not to be Heinola, but I know his contract situation makes it a little bit complicated. But we did see in the last game... Um, against Calgary, Kyle Capobianco basically not playing at all, which I think tips the hand that Heinle has probably won the last D spot. Uh, Sandberg, I don't think you can really take out. I think he's been solid enough, uh, and we know that they're not benching Pionk or any of the others. So for me, Capobianco probably gets gets the nod to uh, end up getting waved and sent down. I think he'll probably be pretty good for the Moose, uh, unless he gets claimed. But you know, for me, Heinle definitely needs to stay up. And, you know, Schmidt coming back would be great for this defense and hopefully stabilize some of the pairings and uh, give us something fun to watch. But we'll keep an eye on that and we'll let you know what the lines at practice might be down the road after we've gotten a chance to look at the game and, and get through and see which pairings Bones actually rolls with. But 
in just a little bit, I do want to cover some thoughts on the World Juniors and how Team U.S. did against Team Canada. Uh, obviously, the Jets have a couple of prospects on the American side, and you might be curious to know how they did against one of the top-scoring offenses in the whole tournament. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season, whether you're looking to track professional or amateur sports. They've got everything from pro football to the college bowl season, the lead up to the NFL playoffs. They've got basketball action. And if you're looking for a post-World Cup hangover cure, they've got the return to domestic leagues all around the world, whether you're into English, German, uh, Italian, or Spanish football, and so many other leagues. If you want a break from sports, though, they've also got Vegas casino games because they know your life may not always revolve around sports. But if it does, they've also got uh, great sports podcast content that I think you'll love. Plenty of articles for you to dive into. And as always, they still remain the fastest and easiest way for you to get into the all of the betting action you can handle. And so it's very easy. All you've got to do is register for a free account at BetOnline.net right now on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Uh, we're taking a look now at how the Jets uh, prospects did for Team USA in their semifinal against Canada. Like I said, it was the only game that I really had a chance to check out. Uh, but, you know, some interesting insights and some things that I think are worth kind of spotlighting. Before we go any further, though, I do want to recommend that you make your second listen of the day, Locked On NHL Prospects. <laughs> As we're talking about American prospects for the Jets, this is your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. You'll also get NFL draft or NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every single team. Locked On NHL Prospects is available on all of the same platforms that Locked On Jets is and YouTube. So be sure to like, follow and subscribe right now, because as always, we really love and appreciate your support. Now, taking a look at the Jets prospects, obviously, uh, you know, for the World Juniors, Rutger McGordy and Chaz Lucius played a pretty critical role for Team USA. Um, they actually played together in the semifinals game. And I thought, you know, generally speaking, they had a pretty, pretty solid tournament and a, a pretty solid game in particular. Team USA, I, I will admit, was, I don't know, a, a little bit odd. This squad for me, I think it lacked like a lot of high end elite finishing. So, uh, aside from like Cooley and, and Snookerud, you know, you, you start looking down this lineup and you start realizing maybe they don't have nearly as many uh, high end goal scorers as you would need to go up against a team like Canada. That said, you know, Lucius and McCrory were involved. Both of them were around a point per game, which you would probably figure makes sense given that Team USA is still pretty good compared to most of the competition. They made the semifinals for a reason. And looking at their semifinals performance, uh, I'll say that I think Milic in net for Canada stopped Lucius, especially on a number of opportunities. Opportunities, I think McGrory probably could have had an assist or two as well. Uh, he had some really good passes, and he led some really good counters and stuff against the Canadian defense that, quite frankly, wasn't all that fast. Um, Lucius, though, definitely had the dominant uh, shot attempts between the two, and I thought his offensive positioning, his uh, skating ability, and his spatial awareness were all very good. Where I kind of wonder about, you know, McGrody, for instance, was kind of like, um, you do kind of notice the skating, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, he does have like a heavier stride. It seems like for him, you know, he can get up the ice decently well, but the NHL level speed that you're still, you know, wanting from him, it's a work in progress. But 
Offensively, you know, he knows where he needs to be. I thought his work around the faceoff circles was pretty good. I thought that he was consistently finding um, good spaces around the slot area. Kind of getting into that area, I think, was a little bit harder for, for some of the U.S. team players. But overall, McGrory and Lucius, I, I thought, had a solid enough outing. Unfortunately for the U.S., they didn't really find too many goals in this one. Ended up losing 6-2. to two. You kind of feel like that first goaltender interference ruling, which by letter of the law from the IIHF is actually correct. Uh, <laughs> whether we really like that rule as how it's presented, probably a different story. But um, I'm sure the Canadian fans were like, yeah, yeah, it's a great rule, you know. Uh, but, you know, it cer- certainly seemed to kind of turn the momentum of the game, a very frustrating ruling. And then after that, it just kind of seemed like, you know, as soon as the U.S. would like dominate several shifts, they'd maybe have one mistake on a counter or something or a, a, a D-zone collapse against um, like the third or fourth lines for Canada. And all of a sudden, goals in the back of your net. So really tough tournament, but I think Lucius and McRorty certainly had a, a good time. I think uh, Lucius will be very much well-received coming back to the Moose. Manitoba could definitely use him. Uh, they got smoked 6-2 to two the other day, so not exactly having the best run of form recently. And you look at the number of players the Jets are calling up from the Moose, um, and certainly some of the prospects that have departed, and it, it's it's a work in progress. Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of Finland uh, or any of Finland, really, but I will say that I've heard interesting reports on Brad Lambert being... Um, a little bit mixed. You saw some IQ issues, some decision-making problems, and kind of the same stuff that we're used to with Brad, which is a player who's still very raw, but you know, the raw tool sets are there. The the skating is there, the dynamic offense and high-end skill, all of that stuff is still present. It's just finding a way to more consistently harness it. That remains the challenge. Uh, we know what he can be. We know that he probably will be a superstar at one point. It's just uh, figuring out the best way to insulate him and surround him with talent so that at some point you can really see him blossom and take off. So something to keep in mind, uh, I, I think he's, you know, still probably a year or two away. He'll, you know, he, he may need to go down to juniors or something. Uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds, I believe, still own his rights. So um, if this AHL season doesn't really pan out and he kind of keeps struggling, I think it wouldn't be bad to drop him down a league. Not that I think this is really an indictment of him. I think it's more like you want to make sure that with Brad, you're giving him lots of skill to work with, lots of space for him to really uh, grow his confidence. Because once he has all that, you know, the rest of the the skill sets that he has and the tools that he has will start to take over. But it may take a little bit of time for him to really reach his his true, I would say, ceiling. Right. So we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, for now, obviously. The Jets are going to keep plugging along with what they've got. Uh, Same with the Moose and hoping for uh, a a really good run of the season. Now, speaking of run of the season, I did want to close out tonight with some quick uh, check-ins on the NHL standings, seeing which teams continue to dominate in first place and which squads have maybe dropped off the pace a little bit uh, and, and where the Jets kind of fit in amongst all of these competing teams. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out uh, our friends at Built Bar. If you've heard me talk about Built Bar before, you know that I'm personally a very big believer in them. You're probably wondering, well, what is a Built Bar? Sounds like a protein bar. And you'd be right, but it's more than just a protein bar. It's the only protein bar that kind of tastes more like a candy bar. It's got a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. And they've got tons and tons of great flavors. But of course, you're probably wondering, well, what's the nutritional value, right? 
Most built bars are clocking it at around 130, 140, maybe 150 calories on the high end, around four to six grams of net sugar, and you know anywhere from 15 to 17 grams of protein. So you know, no matter what your lifestyle is, whether you're looking for something that's more keto friendly or uh, something that's great for a snack, maybe a meal replacement, or something that you eat before you head out for that big pumping iron workout. It's there to fit your lifestyle. And Built Bar comes in great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, my personal favorite, dark raspberry, dark chocolate raspberry, which I think is a great starting point. And if you want to place an order, you can get like a variety box. It gives you like, I don't know, 12 different flavors. Uh, It's great. And honestly, I think it's a great way to kind of get used to uh, their different flavor profiles and find your personal favorites. So if you're ready to give them a shot, you can order at Built Bar or at Built.com. Um, or you can find them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. They've got a great Sam's Club box that's got 13 different flavors, um, or actually 13 different bars with some great flavors like brownie batter and churro. So be sure to check it out, and I think you will really like it. But of course, be sure to place your order at built.com if you want it shipped to you straight. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're just closing out tonight with a few quick thoughts on the NHL standings and how the Jets are doing compared to the rest of the league. And, uh, you know, a lot of the teams that have had, you know, pretty strong seasons, not really surprising. They're still in the league leaders uh, table. But, you know, the, the Eastern Division has seen some movement. Carolina is now in first in the Metro Division and is kind of cruising right now. The Devils have had a little bit of a a stumble recently, and it's not for lack of trying. They've generally outplayed most of their opponents, but, you know, puck luck and PDO, always a bit of a challenge. When your shooting percentage and your save percentage suddenly take some dings, it can be a bit of a tough road. And I think, you know, the the Devils losing like, what, six straight games or something uh, was a little bit uncharacteristic for them, but they've recently won and are probably going to be still in the top three for the remainder of the season. The Rangers continue to rack up uh, points. I'll say the Rangers are probably a little bit inconsistent for my liking. They concede a few too many. Shesterkin hasn't quite been nearly as dominant as he was uh, last season, but the offense continues to hum. This Rangers team still has tons of offensive depth, and I think they're going to be a really tough out. Behind them sit the uh, the Caps and Islanders, and the Washington Caps have seemingly figured things out after a really bad start to the year. Still some holes for them to kind of sort through, but Nick Backstrom coming back is a big result for them and certainly uh, something that should boost their scoring output and help stabilize their center depth. While the Islanders uh, seemingly having a you know a solid season so far, they're one of those teams that I occasionally forget is doing uh, decently. I don't know if they're playing particularly well, but you know they're sitting fifth in the, in the division, probably gunning for a wild card, so I'm sure their fans are happy about that. The Atlantic... About the same as what you would expect, uh, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay all anchoring the top three spots, and then it's a huge drop-off to like Buffalo and Detroit, and way down there at the bottom is uh, the Florida Panthers. So Paul Maurice's first year with uh, the Panthers not going so well. They have already played three more games than the Sabres have, um, and they're trailing Buffalo by two points. So yeah, the Panthers may not make the postseason, and guess who owns their first-round pick if they don't make the playoffs? Montreal. So, yeah, not a good time if you're a Panthers fan, let me tell you. As far as the Pacific Division on the Western side is concerned, um, some interesting results here. We've got Vegas, Los Angeles, and Seattle in the top couple of spots. Uh, Vegas, I mean, we're not really surprised that they do well. 
but the Kings have a really good offense and just wretched goaltending. So LA has had to outscore a lot of their opponents, but they're apparently seven, two and one in their last 10 games, uh, including a victory over Dallas just the other day. Very impressive for them. And I think that they're probably a team that's going to be a real pain coming, you know, the postseason time, a, a squad that can really hurt you with some rapid fire hockey um, and some really good counters. I saw one of their goals, a great two on one played perfectly to Adrian Kempe. So yeah, not a team that you can take lightly, and I think the same would be said for Seattle. We've seen the Kraken really hurt the Jets over the season. Uh, they faced a couple of times already, and like the Kraken, they're not a perfect team. They're definitely a squad that doesn't have like elite superstar talent necessarily, but they're they're getting there. They're playing more like Vegas last uh, during like the first expansion season, I would say. So uh, a squad that I would not want to mess around with too much, and hopefully we can skip them in the postseason. In the Central, you've got Dallas, Minnesota, or Winnipeg, and Minnesota, which is pretty pretty darn good for the Jets, considering the number of injuries they have. The Jets have actually conceded the least amount of goals in the Central Division, and I think you know who we have to thank for that. Uh, Connor Hellebuck really is pretty freaking amazing, uh, and I think we've seen that really demonstrated over the last couple of games and really this entire season. This Jets team does not have a lot of depth, and yet they continue to rack up wins, and that's how we like it. You might be surprised to hear that Colorado is not in the top three. Um, they're they're having a modest season so far, but the amount of injuries that they faced certainly has put their team on the back foot, and it's been a bit of a slog for them. But you know, you expect them to return to form, and you probably wouldn't be shocked to see them uh, climb up the standings here over the next few months as you know McKinnon and the rest of the team continue to get healthy and push for a a really strong playoff seed. But so far, you know, uh, if you're a Jets fan like us things are, are looking pretty good, and Winnipeg's in a really good spot. I don't think the Jets are going to drop out of the top three of the Central. I think that they've got a really good chance of, of holding on to this as players get healthy. The fact that they weathered this stretch uh, over the last month or so and continue to still get results somehow, uh, even if they, they did drop more games than you'd, you'd like them to, really a testament to the resiliency of the team and how much they uh, are, are really fighting out there. So happy for the Jets, proud of the boys. And I look forward to a deep playoff run here in a couple of months. But let me know how you think the Jets season has gone. Drop your feelings and feedback in the comments below. And uh, let me know what you're excited about against the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you think the Jets are going to win? Drop your score predictions as well, either in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects. It's your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects is available on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.